Welcome to Men in Charge. I'm Tony Flynn. And I'm Kevin Decker. Welcome to episode 15 of season 11, which we've been calling the vestigial season because we were contractually obligated to finish off the remaining 13 episodes of the season here, even though we don't want to. We don't want to because it involves getting up before 11 a.m. That's right. But we came back and we have a killer episode Literally. for today. We do. We're going to admit something with today's episode. We're not assassin material. We've found this out through a little reflective practitioner uh, thinking. I don't know what that is, A drum circle, that (laughs) sort of thing. Yeah, and some real hard times at the gym. Yeah, that's right. So Tony and I were, uh, during the break between episodes 13 and 14, we're at an assassin camp slash yoga shala. And, you know, we were asked to do certain things there that made us uncomfortable. And as a result, we decided that we're really not assassin material. I was getting pretty good with a garrote, but I kept getting my hands tangled and and I got myself hung up. It was embarrassing. Even Kevin took the side of the bullies. Uh, I did, yes. And I was getting really good with the ninja throwing stars, but when the instructor pointed out that my hands were all bloody, I realized that was not for me. Plus, you and I were practicing by tossing them to each other. Yeah, that's... Ah. Yeah. If we would have known that there were throwing star catching mitch, which are like ninja shoes in that they only have two fingers and a thumb, we would have used those. Have you ever seen the ninja shoes? No, I think if I'd had that knowledge, I might not have flunked out of assassin school quite so quickly. That's how I got a perfect score on the science section of the (laughs) ACT, by the way, is knowing about ninja two-toed shoes. You did? Climbing shoes, yeah, I did. I took the SATs, which explains why I did so badly. Good for you, science man. Well, (laughs) Well, I think whatever is our general response to so much in the vestigial season. But we do have a show today. We have two commercials, which shows how craven we've become. Mm -hmm. Why don't you rattle us through some of these segments coming up, Kevin? Yeah, let's do that. So first of all, our corporate overlords in the uh, production of Wire Mesh would like to let you know why letting wire mesh into your life as your personal wire mesh lord and savior is a good idea. So we'll start off with that. And then we're going to take another look at the podcast Deputized. Who's the guest star on this one, Tony? Well, the guest star on this one, um, there was a clamor among little voices in my head that said, bring in Marlon Brando. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Solves the crime. Yeah, I forget which Marlon. It's the uh, on the waterfront Marlon Brando. No, no, no. It's no? the Superman one oh, that's from 1978. Right. That's right. Marlon Brando. That's so right. He uh, phones My son, in. you've been wondering why I am in this movie in the first place. Uh, but he does solve the crime, and the innocent are punished, as usual. Next, we're hearing from the same folks who brought you Soft Butter. This is a commercial for shirts Mm -hmm. for when you are always splashing hot grease on yourself in the kitchen. Yeah. The shirt forms a barrier or a layer that could save you from that. So listen up for this commercial, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Come on. Yeah. Last but not least, a heartfelt political message from Tony and I. You would expect us to tell you how to turn on your neighbor and potentially uh, steal their car to march on the Capitol. But in fact, we have a more positive message. USA equals okay. Yeah, we approach sincerity. So guess where and if we're being ironic. (laughs) 
This portion of Men in Charge is brought to you by the WMAA, the Wire Mesh Association of America. Listener, have you ever noticed that after even a small infestation of unwelcome, long-tailed, rodent-looking creatures scurrying across your basement or kitchen floor, you, or your pest control expert, always end up thanking your lucky stars for wire mesh? Of course you do. And along with millions of others who also pay their fair share of taxes and have bigger things to worry about, frankly, we've all come to depend on wire mesh, both to keep the little buggers out and to keep the necessaries in. Whether it's protecting your homegrown kale and oddly shaped radishes and carrots from unwelcome, ravenous, tick-infested, drooling, and probably rabid wild animals, or closer to home, keeping those holes in your fence and roof safe from relentless and contagious flying rabbits. Wire Mesh has answered the nation's call for a wiry home defense protection strategy for decades. And we're talking about more here than guarding our precious and colorful vegetables. What would a late summer Little League game without Wire Mesh even look like? Well, for one thing, those ancient bleachers and dugouts pockmarked with squirrel nests, yellow jacket nests, old bat caves, and smelly wolf dens might still be a distraction to the visiting team if it weren't for wire mesh. A high-quality wire mesh product lets the light in, but not the potential hazards we're all surrounded by 24-7. So... Next time you're tempted to just throw up your hands, raise the white flag, and shop around for a reasonably priced life coach, take a deep breath and pause to remember briefly what we all owe to wire mesh. And just maybe things will start to look a little less overwhelming. Wire mesh, since the last century, ensnaring what we all hope will be even better times down the road. Men in Charge. For the 13th consecutive year, a nominee for Oscar for Best Foreign Animated Short. This is Sheriff A. Coors, and here with me is my deputy, Thorne Withers. Hello, listeners. Even if you're not really listening, which you probably aren't. Welcome to our podcast, Deputized, starring Timothy Oliphant. Thanks, deputy. Of course, uh, Timothy Oliphant could not be with us today, as he is having himself waxed, I think. Also, he does not know this podcast exists. That's as it may be, Thorne, but Timothy Oliphant's a busy man. Why, this afternoon, I expect he's going to do something interesting with his hair as well. And we surely share your excitement about that, Sheriff. 
Do you want to introduce today's guest star, or do you want me to? I don't rightly care, as we're approaching my nap time, Thorn, but uh, I'll get you started. Folks, each week here in Lower Heights County, we affix a shiny deputy's badge on a new, fairly famous citizen of Lower Heights, and then they get to help us solve a crime. And this week's guest is... Uh, I can't read this, Thorn. That's because it's the label on your RC Cola bottle, Sheriff. Let me take over. Folks, today's guest on Deputized, starring Timothy Oliphant, is none other than the star of the 1978 film Superman, starring Christopher Reeve, the great Marlon Brando. Whoa there, Deputy Withers. Superman was indeed one of the greatest films of much of 1978, but uh, couldn't we maybe have picked the Marlon Brando from On the Waterfront or uh, <laughs> Last Tango in Paris? Sorry, Sheriff. The Superman Brando was the only one the county budget could afford. But is it even legal to have a guest on deputize what we've never seen around Lower Heights before? Arlen Brando isn't from Lower Heights, is he? Well, not technically. Or at all, really. But after he's been on this episode of Deputized, and we go into reruns, the rerun of this episode will be totally legitimate because Mr. Brando by then would have been on before. See? Well, I, I suppose if we don't look real close at what you just said, it'll all be fine. Anyway, all this is a mighty big demand on my attention, so I think I'll get busy on my nap. So I'll close us out. Listener, that's all the time we have today for Deputized, starring Timothy Oliphant. Wait, Sheriff. We've hardly started. Listener, ignore him. Right here in the back seat of our finest county crime-fighting vehicle is Marlon Brando. For the effect of spontaneity in performance, I like to use cue cards. Where are my cue cards? Sorry, Mr. Brando. All we have is the RC Cola label. You could read the list of toxins, maybe? I suppose. Uh, high fructose corn syrup, caramel color, phosphoric acid. No, this won't do. I feel the weight behind these words, but the print is too small. Cucumbers! Wow, Mr. Brando. That's some real acting. Acting is nothing. We're all acting. You're pretending to be a deputy sheriff, and Coors over there, he's pretending to... No, he's actually asleep. Pure acting is not acting at all. You mean, just sitting there, doing nothing? But we can't do that. We've got a crime to solve. A crime, yes. But what is a crime, deputy? Isn't it just another performance, like acting? Uh, yes? No? I see you feel ambivalent about crime. Your feelings, such as they are, are clear. That's acting. And to think you said all that without cue cards. Well, gosh, Mr. Brando, thanks. I mean, the matrons at the boys' ranch always said I had something. Now I know what. Cling to that. That thing you now know, little pretend deputy. Clinch it tightly in your hand. 
tighter. You mean like this? Tighter. Feel your fingers dig into your palm. Okay, Mr. Brando, but it hurts. Now, open your hand, Deputy Thorn Withers. Open it! Okay, but I'm not sure I can. Let me help. Ow! Good. More pure acting, which isn't acting at all. Now, what do you see in your hand? Uh, nothing. I mean, nothing. Then you didn't squeeze tightly enough, did you? You let it slip away. I guess. Sorry. Mr. Brando, what was it exactly that I was clenching tightly in my hand? You mean you don't know? No. Then you'll never find it again, will you? I guess not. What? Find what? Thorn, have you and Mr. Brando solved the crime yet? Not yet, Sheriff. Thorn, what's wrong with you? Did you get nothing done during my nap? Well, we we were discussing acting. The crime of acting, maybe. Yes, that. Perhaps the real crime is the theft of my cue cards. Without them, not only can I not affect spontaneity in my acting, but I may not be able to speak at all. Well, I'm no professional cue carder like yourself, Mr. Brando, but seems to me you're talking pretty well without them. That's because I'm reading from a script. I wish I'd had a script. Then maybe my hand wouldn't hurt so much. Hey now, Mr. Brando. What are those cardboard-shaped shapes under what seems to be a girdle where your shirt's all rode up in back? Hmm, cue cards. That could be why I've been so uncomfortable, and why my seeming disgust and irritability were so convincing. Now if we could only figure out who stuck the cue cards in Mr. Brando's girdle, we'd have this case solved. What do they say, Mr. Brando? I want to know what happens next. It's hard to tell, Sheriff. The ink's all rubbed off onto Mr. Brando's sweaty back. Two crimes, then. The theft of the cue cards and the loss of their... meaning. But who? Who is responsible? Who's that sorry-looking little man across the street, hunched as if against the winds of reality itself? Why, that's Dan Blanche, the longest-serving adjunct riding instructor at Lower Heights Community College. Thorne, what's he doing out of jail? Jail? Why was he in jail? We're never sure. We just arrest him when we see him out on the street. It's pretty convenient, we found. I think I just solved your crime, Sheriff. Call this Dan Blanche over. Dan! Hey, Dan! Come on over. We want to talk to you. What? Not again, Sheriff Coors. I still haven't done anything. He's hoofing it, Thorn. Give chase. Fortunately, he's hoofing it pretty slow. Yep, Dan's probably malnourished, is my guess. Kind of feel sorry for him. Maybe we should let him off this one time, Thorn. But isn't this Dan Blanche just as guilty as anyone else you pull randomly off the street? 
It's not a matter of guilt, Mr. Brando. We usually just arrest him because he can't put up much of a fight. Simpler that way. But my cue cards didn't get trapped in my girdle all by themselves, did they? I guess not, but... You're thinking, Thorn. Thinking is the actor's worst enemy. Don't sit there and think. Act! Act! Well, okay. Dan! Put your hands where we can see them! Well, listeners, that's all the time we have now for our podcast, Deputize, starring Timothy Oliphant. Tune in again next time when we'll hear Dan Blanche say... Arresting me is the real crime here. Also, another real crime, Mr. Brando, is your performance as a Japanese man in the 1956 film The Tea House of the August Moon. Men in Charge, the most interesting men in the world. Men in Charge is brought to you today by Shirts. Listener. How many times has this happened to you? You drop two or three sticks of butter in a pan to fry up some bacon, sausage, or bologna slices, and in a matter of moments, that delicious hot grease is spattering all over your chest and belly. You shriek and run to the sink to hose off your roasted torso. But in your haste, you yank the sprayer attachment from the sink, so water quickly begins flooding your kitchen. Meanwhile, the sputtering, flaming grease has spread to the floor, the counters, the cabinets, and the curtains. Your smoke detector is beeping as if insulted. So, you have to yank it off the ceiling to prevent it from alarming your neighbors. Then, of course, you have to flee your apartment to avoid being accused of starting the fire. However, one of your nosy neighbors has already called the fire department and the police and you're arrested a mere two blocks from your now former home. Listener, that's no way to live. Why not try wearing a shirt as you fry? The latest from Shirts Technologies offers coverings for chest, back, and belly, buttoning up the front, the back, or just pulled on over your head. These shirts, made from recycled fibers of cloth and off-gassing plastics, can provide up to 40% skin protection in the kitchen any time you approach the stove. You can even store a few extra shirts right there in the kitchen, ready to hand when you notice the first burn holes forming so that you can swap them out as you fry. Accept no substitutes. Buy several shirts today. Because don't be an idiot. You can't stop spattered grease from burning, but you can keep it off your skin, at least for a little while.
The following private service announcement is paid for by Citizens for Sanity. Hey America, this is Tony Flynn, lead a cappella for Tony Flynn's Florida Five. And I'm Kevin Decker, a world-renowned influencer known for my matroshkas made of felt on Etsy.com. We've got an important message for you, listener. We know, we know. You've heard that we've got an important message for you 20 times a day. Maybe 30 times a day during Pledge Week. (laughs) Tony and I are here to make an appeal to all of America in the light of the continuing poisonous polarization in the culture and society of the USA. Well said, Kevin. You've probably heard all about this polarization and how it's due to women or to unions. Or to socialists or to the greedy half-sandwich generation. Certainly, it couldn't be because of the well-oiled machinations of unscrupulous billionaires hoping to capitalize on the politics of disruption, though. Anyway, the wrong sort of people are, as they say, ruining America. But as the philosopher Socrates pointed out thousands of years ago, no sane person wants to corrupt the communities they live in out of self-interest. And as another oft-quoted but seldom-heeded ancient Mediterranean thinker said, love your neighbor as yourself. Different sides think they're the real Americans or true patriots, rather than see other Americans who don't agree with them as misled, uncompassionate, or strung along by amoral news networks. They name them their enemy. And you know, the actual enemies of Western democracy love to see us squabbling like this. But for many people today, it's more important to be right than to be happy. That's why we've asked for a little of your time to say USA equals OK. USA equals OK. Again, that's USA equals OK. A slogan shocking in its content? You bet. Tell them why it's important, please, Kevin. Well, some folks like to think that the United States has a hallowed, sanctified status on the world stage. A city on the hill, as it were. Frankly, that's just arrogant. Pick up a history book. More empires have fallen for that sort of thinking than there are minutes in a day. The arrogant ones fall faster. And that's a lot of minutes. We also know that there are a lot of people who, defused and defanged by constant decades of political scandals, wars for oil and rampant world violence, have chosen to see America as the great Satan. And we're not talking about Muslims, no siree. But it's safe to say that a lot of people feel that our culture will be strengthened and equality will be closer in sight if we make the USA confess and repent all its sins. But let's face it, the United States is no better and no worse a nation on the cosmic balance sheet than Britain, Russia, Japan, France, Germany, or any of a number of other countries. Yeah, let's face it. We're no Iceland or Costa Rica. So, is America a shining light on a hill? Or instead, isn't an exploitative capitalist paradise? Kevin and I really don't go in for that sort of absolutist thinking, and deep in your heart, we know you don't either. Where's your cutoff date for historical injustice? 1776? 1619? 
1492? How about 1455, when Pope Nicholas V issued the Romanus Pontifex, affirming Portugal's exclusive rights to plunder territories on the West African coast? Or how about tracing the ancient origins of human sacrifice in the cultures on that same West African coast? And hey, many of you are looking to make America great again. We all know that's a code. It's basically white nationalist virtue signaling. If you've been repeating the code and don't know that, it's time to stop repeating. And if you're looking forward to a great, unapologetic, strongman leader... And hey, that's a real American ideal. If you're looking for that strong man or woman to restore a golden age, then good for you. Just prove to the rest of us that... A, using mutually agreed upon social metrics, the golden period of pastime you're thinking of was at least 50.1% better than it was worse. And B, if it's possible, given expanding social complexity, to go back to burning coal or to deport all immigrants. That's all we ask. Actually, we don't ask that at all. We're just proposing that Americans think about agreeing to one simple proposition. USA equals okay. USA equals okay. America is many things. It's made up of people with their hands on the levers of power who probably should be the targets of our direct ire. After all, they ask for our critical attention as citizens of a liberal democracy. It's also made up of lots of people who, through no fault of their own, are buffeted by economic and cultural forces. Somehow, they get targeted for criticism. They've been excluded from self-governance, and no matter how much some of us cry out for freedom or liberty, that always seems to mean freedom for me and people like me, not for everyone. To sum up, when you say, really, America as a whole is something or not something else, you're almost always wrong. By definition, the life of America is what Americans do, think, say, and believe, even the ones you don't like. So, isn't our proposition sounding more attractive? USA equals okay. If we can agree that the USA is at the very least okay, then we can get to the heart of real social problems that bedevil us all, like how social media makes us all more depressed, mass shootings, and the dangers of reality television. So say it with us. USA USA equals equals okay. okay. Because, let's face it, nobody can pursue liberty and happiness if they've turned against their own fellow citizens and are willing to engage in a culture war to win what? We're smarter than this, and in the end, all we have is each other. I still think the slogan would roll off the tongue better as USA is okay. That was the 13th take. Do you really want to do it again? Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. This land was made for you and me. Well, it's time for me to thank our cast. Kevin Decker, Tony Flynn, Dan Page, Ryan Weldon, Nancy Roth, Nisha Schramm, Scott Herrick, and we're also going to thank The Bad Plus 
because they did our theme music, but we're also not going to forget to thank the writers, Kevin Decker, Tony Flynn, and Scott Herrick. We could thank, for example, Carrie Boyce, Vern Windham, Savannah Rothi, Nisha Schramm, and Nancy Roth for their ongoing support. And of course, the only man whose hats also fit marmots, Brian Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.